0: Welcome in to Tailgate. Austin Gill here with Mike Renner in sunny Cincinnati. Ready to rip it up. It's actually raining today. Weather stinks in Cincinnati. Fun fact. Um, on the catch and early buzz, your boy was on Good Morning Football this morning. There Let's you are. freaking go. Shout out to the Master Gators and their support. I didn't wear the chain. I couldn't do it. I panicked at the I last one. To. I even brought it in today. I brought it in the chain. I was like, yeah, I'm going to do it. And then I, I was like, dude, I can't. I can't. It's not, it's not a part of me yet. You know, it's not a part not of quite me. So there I let yet. a lot of people down with that.
1: I'll be on in a couple weeks. That was a high bar to clear. I mean, you had Kyle Brandt raving with I you know, as was it was going insane. on. It was. I mean, it was fantastic. You crushed it. hats off to you. Quite literally, here my hat just came off. Um, <laughs> but it's high bar. I got. I got to try to clear it. I got it. Got to try to one up. Yeah, probably, I don't think I'm gonna be able to match. It, so that some, people was are, fantastic.
0: some people are saying on there. That I was dogging Emmanuel Sanders because I mentioned the Golden Tate comment oh, more, and I was like, "Yeah, he got drafted a little bit ahead of Emmanuel Sanders." But it was a callback to the earlier in the show. They were talking about who are the six receivers that got drafted ahead of you, and they mentioned Golden Tate. So I was just trying to connect the show, guys. Sorry, this is business here. It's called continuity. It was, uh, it was pretty freaking sweet, though. It was funny. They were, uh, they were, they were cool. Getting on Good Morning Football was fun for today. Going to look at the wide receiver rankings. How many do you have listed out? I have like twenty-two. I don't know, man. I, I want to you. add. I want to add some. More to my list. I have not watched guys like Danny Gray, only a little bit of Vilas Jones. I've seen a lot, some Reggie Robertson, but I don't know where to put him. Uh, but I, there's some more guys I want to add to my list, but I'm excited to get into these yeah. receivers. Well, once we
1: get down there, I yeah. have a tiered, they're all called the tier six men tier. So
0: yeah, the just a guy tier really. Yeah. I mean, you can get in that tier with the receivers and I, the take I have on the this receiver class, honestly, is I do think it's a bit overrated. And I saw Lance Zierlein of NFL.com send out a tweet. He said, yeah, I'm going to say I don't think this receiving class is as good as it's being billed as. And and I agree. I think there's a lot of high-end wide receiver twos in this class. There are a lot of high-end wide receiver twos in this draft class. I don't think necessarily there are legit Alpha number ones, like I don't think I would have any of the receivers ahead of the top three last year, and Jalen Waddle, Jamar Chase, and and De- uh, Devonte Smith. And this year, Drake London is my wide receiver one. Spoiler alert! But there are other guys that I feel like, yeah, maybe they could be wide receiver ones, true alphas at the next level. But I honestly see a lot of high end wide receiver twos.
1: Yes, I think we've been banging that table ever since like the start of when Jahan the Dotson was mocked in the first yes, round. yes. Like, so we've been saying ago. that. We've been saying that the guys who are being listed as top 10 sort of wide receivers are not for my money top 10 type of picks any other year and now i can see drafting them in the top 10 wide receivers very valuable position you know it's not it's, it's taking a chance on these guys but i just don't think they're comparable to some top-end talent from years past but i do like the depth like i do think it is deep that's kind of a trend of late is having deep wide receiver classes but i think this year more so than others it has deep Size. It has bigger wide receivers as you get into day two, whereas we've talked about that's not always the
0: case. And I have this list. Whereas the
1: smaller wide receivers kind of day one guys. You know, the (laughs) 180-pounders are the guys getting mocked in the first round this year.
0: And and I have this list tiered out, but I don't even think there's that big of gaps between the tiers I even have, right? Like, I don't think there is, like, a hodgepodge of receiving talent that I'll get to in, like, tier two and tier three once we do get to that list. Before we do, we're going to mention that this podcast, the proud sponsor, is Manscaped. And I'm pitching this to you, Mike. They're the presenting sponsor. Okay. What if we we gotta do something live for them to keep them in season? Because it's only going through August, I believe. I think the presenting sponsorship's through August. What's your take on shaving your chest hair live on oh, camera or something? I <laughs> thought I was gonna get a little more PG thirteen <laughs> no, than <we're> that. <laughs> no, but so their whole tagline is. Trust them below the waist. Why not trust them with everything else? Why don't we show them that we can bring the table here and share your chest online?
1: I'll shave my chest. It's not a lot. No, I, I shaved your chest. Oh, you I shaved mine? you guys show that other people I do I actually it. have a story about that. I shaved my buddy's chest hair in my buddy, Frankie. You met Frankie. Yeah, he's oh, a large, yeah, he's huge. 350 <laughs> pounder, <laughs> I and wrestled he Frankie. a hairy man. And we shaved his chest one night uh, when he was asleep and maybe inebriated but didn't actually shave the whole thing, just shaved a line down the middle.
0: Oh, wow. He so we'll go maybe that. one line down the middle one and just show the and maybe go first another razor. I just think the people here that watch live on YouTube want to see that. I, I honestly think that they're begging for it. So I'm going to present that to our, our sponsor's lead, Connor Price, and see if that could land us another 12 months. So I'm going to go ahead and pitch that. The only true guaranteed quality pickup this season is Manscaped, the leaders in below-the-waist grooming with Manscaped Performance Package 4.0. Your skill position will be sleek and smooth enough for the 44 for a sub 4340r dash. Support us and head to manscaped.com and use the code pff at checkout for 20% off plus free shipping. Because of their ceramic blade and skin safe technology, your nicks and snags will be reduced. In the season of trimming the roster, manscape will make your make sure cutting the right players and not any important pieces on your d. Look fellows, don't follow her draft board. The ladies out there think that long nose hair is a major turnoff. The weed whacker nose and ear hair trimmer is your solution why not use the best solution for the job here april is draft season but it's also testicular cancer awareness month manscaped has partnered with the te- testicular cancer society to Bring awareness, clear cancer, men's health, and early cancer detection. Get 20% off and free shipping with code PFF at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com, At Manscaped.com and use code PFF. Turn your Mr. Irrelevant into a first-round pick with Manscaped. I want to turn your Mr. Irrelevant into a first-round pick on camera here. Secure the sponsorship long-term. Into our wide receiver rankings. You give your Tier 1, and yeah. then I'll give my Tier 1. We'll talk about the players that are in both.
1: My Tier 1 is Drake London. USC, James Williams from Alabama, and then Garrett Wilson from Ohio State. Those three guys, pick your poison. But I think that's the tier one that I, that I am taking in this draft. That's the guys I think that have – I don't want to – I hate the wide receiver one versus wide receiver two distinction at the NFL level. like I think a lot of these guys can be 1,000-yard receivers, but those are the guys I feel most confident
0: about having that wide receiver one ability my wide my tier one and I agree with you I I, two of them are in my tier one I have Drake London as my wide receiver one I also have my player comparison for him is Michael Thomas actually and I can talk about that more when I speak to you know his specific skill set and honestly where I think he's best utilized in the NFL Jamison Williams is is actually my wide receiver three in tier one and then I have Chris Olave as my wide receiver two which I honestly think you know looking at this list that I have I think it could bite me a bit I know that the yak production just isn't there for Chris Olave and honestly I was considering putting a lot Olave as my wide receiver one I like him that much I think the concern is is he's not a difference maker after the catch what he does win though is the vertical routes down the football field good speed good polish all this stuff good hands and I really do think the cop I have for him Calvin Ridley is, is the type of receiver he can be in the NFL I don't think he'll 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 put any parlays down necessarily but I do think that he'll be a legitimate separator in the NFL and that's what matters a lot and they of the guys that I think can actually separate down the football field and win valuable routes Olave is one of my favorite receivers so again that's Drake London Chris Olave and Jamison Williams as my wide receiver one, two, and three in this tier one.
1: Yeah, Olave for his career, nine broken tackles in his career yeah 176 catches, and his
0: average yards after the catch perception I think for his career is under two yards like he's not a guy again it's very similar to Ridley Ridley's production at Alabama and his production in the NFL is very little after the catch it's not what he does best what he does do however really high averages at the target wins down the football field can win mm-hmm. against off coverage and I, I do think teams will buy into that but when you go back to this whole phrase that we've said a thousand times build your receiving court like a basketball court mm-hmm. or basketball court like a basketball team Olave fits a skill set oh, yeah. that I think a lot of teams don't have like you can get your yak guy, I think, a little bit later. You can get uh, your bigger possession receiver that you want to feed the football. I think Olave comes in as this high end wide receiver, too, that paired with Julio Jones, as we saw with Calvin Ridley, can be a legit 1, 1,200 yard type of receiver. The one
1: guy I want to talk about, and I really like Olave, he's, he's top of my tier, too, but Jameson Williams has gotten not talked about. I mean, I guess he's gotten talked about. I, I hate policing discussion topics. You can talk about whatever the fuck you want, but Jameson Williams, if healthy, I think would have been wide receiver one in this draft class. I 100% agree. His speed on tape is just different than everyone else's, and you can, you know, say, oh, you know, we couldn't even see the field at Ohio State. Obviously, like Olave and Garrett Wilson are better. They they've started over him. It's like that's not quite how player development works. Mm-hmm. um And a lot of times, when guys are productive in a starting role, they're just not going to get passed up. You know, when a guy's already been established and he's good, it's going to take a lot for a guy to get passed up in terms of a rotation. When, even if the guy behind him is better. So Jameson Williams, to me, is that difference maker everyone's looking for. And that not only fast, but, who said this? Who was the guy, I, I should remember who it was, but can control that speed. Mm-hmm. A lot of guys are fast, but Jameson Williams, you go back to that, you know, the, the first Georgia game, the SEC Championship game, his ability to alter his speeds within his routes to lull you to sleep, and then burn you down the football field. Is what everyone is looking for at that position so even with the acl i would not be surprised if he does still come off the board as wide receiver one
0: I'm a huge fan of Jamison Williams. I put in my notes here, moves different, like three or four different times. I think he's the best mover in this class. And that's not just speed for me, right? There are other guys that, you know, arguably could have ran faster 40 times at the combine. You know, everyone brings up Christian Watson and you look at Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave, they both ran sub four threes or sub four fours. But Jameson Williams is a different mover. And again, I agree with you 1,000%. And if it wasn't for the late injury, literally in his last game of the season, I don't think you're getting this discount. And I think what that is going to, what's that going to result to? Someone getting an absolute steal. I think Jameson Williams ends up coming off the board in the 12 to 17, 12 to 20 range. That is going to be a massive win for that team. I honestly don't feel he gets past the Los Angeles Chargers. I'm going back to the basketball team, Mike. Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Jameson Williams. That is such a complimentary set or trio of wide receivers that I think could compete for best receiving core in the NFL. That's how good I think Jameson Williams is. I think my comp for him I have is Will Fuller, and some people hate that comp. Will Fuller, oh, he's got, you know, uh, doesn't have uh, the injury stuff. That's not why I'm comping him to Will Fuller. Will Fuller's speed coming out of Notre Dame was absolutely different. Also have similar arm length, yeah. similar hand sizes as well, and I have less concerns about Jameson um, you know ability to tack the ball in his, his hands as much as I did Will Fuller coming out. So I think he's even could be a better Will Fuller when fully healthy. So Drake London, one, Chris Olave, two, Williams, three. For me, you have Drake London, one, Williams, two, and then Garrett Wilson, three. Let's talk about a little bit Drake London. Drake London I have as the the comp for me is Michael Thomas. And some people hate that comp because he's bigger than Michael Thomas and he might run slower than Michael Thomas. I just feel that his usage in the NFL, to be as successful as he can be will be this kind of power slot type of player. Now, that's not a knock on Drake London. I think Drake London can hang on the outside just as much as Michael Thomas can, but Michael Thomas still runs about 55-60% to of his routes from the slot because that's where he's best utilized. Works the intermediate and short areas of the football field. 46% of Drake London's receptions in his career came within nine yards of the line of scrimmage, and he ate, right? He had a lot of success doing that, and I think having him do that in the NFL, not asking him to be a Mike Evans, right, this vertical downfield stretcher for an offense, I think is going to lead to the best production. And if you play him that way, as he was played really his entire USC career up until this last season, I think you're going to get the most productive receiver in this class, and that's why I have him as my wide receiver one.
1: I mean, Michael Thomas is 6'3", 212 coming out. Yeah, he's big. Drake London 6'4", 219. Those are that's better than Julio versus Garrett Wilson. Yeah, yeah fair, fair, fair. <laughs> it's not that crazy <laughs> of a comp. Like that's a big, that's a that's a close size comp, I, and I like it, and I like the usage comp for him. So, yeah, uh, Drake London's wide one because highest floor to me. Same mm-hmm. reason, Aiden Hutchinson's edge one. It's you know what you're getting, and it's going to be a good player in a good in a certain role. Yeah, and so that's why, uh, and, and with even room to grow. In the more valuable areas of the position, so I, I do
0: cool. find myself with a lot of the players I'm high on. I Desmond Ritter at quarterback, Aiden Hutchinson, the edge defender from Michigan, obviously, and Drake London at USC. It's that comment you made. I know what I'm getting. I know exactly what I'm getting with Drake yeah. London. I know exactly what I'm getting with Ritter, and I know what I'm getting with Hutchinson, and that has a ton of value when you know, you talk to Steve Palzolo, who's a, a product manager at PFF, also creates content on the NFL podcast. He brings up time and time again, you know, all these teams are trying to do, and he works with all 32 NFL teams working on Ultimate and these other things. All these teams are looking to mitigate risk. Yeah. They want to check boxes. That's the most common expression, and when you have to project a lot of traits or project a lot of different things or project usage, it gets that much harder to do so next receiver i want to talk about is your wide receiver three my wide receiver four i garrett wilson garrett wilson for me i felt is fantastic on tape i comped into emmanuel sanders who can just cut a rug and create separation uh, you know at, at the release point and at the stem i think his footwork for me is a bit sloppy and i think what he can be in the nfl is Emmanuel Sanders. I think his, he's got inefficient feet at times. I think that's where the foot fire and the dancing sometimes can be likened to like Jerry Judy type, right? Where I think Jerry Judy can be inefficient with his routes, but honestly create separation because he's so dynamic and he's obviously better after the catch as well. I think he's one of the better yak receivers in this class behind um, uh, Williams and Burks. But Garrett Wilson, I think he can be an Emmanuel Sanders in the NFL. I think it's a very similar size and athleticism comp as well.
1: Can we go back to where when you said cut a rug Cut I, a rug do you say that i hate that term i don't oh, know yeah. what it means <laughs> i know it's like dancing but I think like it's dancing to me it's just i don't, I don't know why some but like some terms just my, like my, my opinion putting. of it though is garrett wilson
0: term. on tape i think you see a lot of you know some freelancing footwork okay. some inefficiency and yeah. all that stuff and no, like I know. And, and, and there may be some concerns too with like him getting off press i think you want to move him around a little bit i think what he can be in the nfl I still think he needs to improve a ton as a receiver. But what he can be in the NFL is an Emmanuel Sanders type of player that, like, super consistent, consistently creates separation, can work yeah. on the outside and on the inside. I don't think he's there yet, and I think that's why I have him behind guys like Olave and Williams. But what he can be in the NFL is special, and I honestly do feel – I'm still really high on him. I know wide receiver four has a negative connotation, but I think he's still very much so a top 20 player specifically in this class.
1: Yes, I, I've i comped him to – not. It's not really a comp, but I've said he could have a career arc very similar to Devontae Adams. And if you think about Devontae Adams, I don't think he went for over a 1,000 yards until year four of his career. And then now he's the best receiver in the NFL. But like Devontae Adams coming out, 39 and a half inch vertical, 4.51, 6.823 cone, like athleticism for days. Like he had that it, you mm-hmm. know, the, the whatever it takes to become that high end route runner. To me, Garrett Wilson is just the most talented athlete. At the wide receiver position and what he can do physically now why is he 183 pounds still why is he still struggle with press like there's a lot of question marks especially considering brian hartline and the track record of the receivers he's had at ohio state that comes with that and so he's not as sure a thing as to me drake london and what you're getting with him and jameson williams and what you're getting with his speed but he's tier one because of that ability is there and at some point if he's you know puts in the work it's going to result in elite-level wide receiver play.
0: I, I agree. You, you'd be hard-pressed to find me saying he's not capable of elite-end yeah. wide receiver play, and I think all these guys at the top are. I think, I, like I said at the you know, beginning, I think these guys have high-end wide receiver 2 you know, type of ability. Um, you know A lot of these guys do. Let's get to your tier 2 here.
1: Yes. Okay, my tier 2, I would stack it like this. Chris Olave, wide receiver 4. Sky Moore, Western Michigan, wide receiver 5. George Pickens, Georgia wide receiver six and then Traylon Burks Arkansas wide
0: receiver seven I like Olave at four there I was going to get nervous my wide receiver two falling down your board here my my tier two is Garrett Wilson like I said and then I have Traylon Burks at five Sky Moore at six and then George Pickens at seven so similar to how you see it you're a little bit lower on Burks compared to that and higher on Sky Moore I guess let's start with Sky Moore there your wide receiver uh, six
1: Sky Moore We've talked about him a ton. I don't want to gush too much more. But the guy is. I talked to him about him today on Good Morning Football. The (laughs) guy, I mean, some of the best hands in this draft class, behind only George Pickens, actually, in terms of drop rate over the course of his career. Um, Some of the best after-the-catch ability in this draft class. Led the nation in broken tackles last year. Some of the best releases in the draft class. And yeah, at competition level, you can criticize all you want, but he went up against Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh last year, and he went up against. Uh, gosh, what was the other one? That he went well, he up against two Power Five teams. Blanket on the other one, mm-hmm. but did not for a second look like he. He just never got caught at the line yeah. of scrimmage. Never got caught at the line of scrimmage by anyone who was going up against. And despite being Michigan was the other one. Despite being short, he's not small. Like we're talking about Olave play strength concerns, Wilson play strength concerns. Talk about Jahan Dotson play strength and size concerns. He doesn't get out physical, this guy, more. That is nothing that you see on his tape. So takes a lot of boxes in that regard. And then, obviously, is one heck of an athlete. So I, I'm very high on him. It's just he's the kind of guy, if he had gone to Ohio State, we could be talking about him the way we're talking about I was going to say, others. if he yeah, you played know.
0: for a Power 5 program, I think we were talking yeah. about him as a legitimate first-round player.
1: Yes, and the sort of – he's in that mold of the small school guys. Like, they rarely go mm-hmm. in the first round. They just rarely do. But the you – know, Greg Jennings is of the world who was a Western Michigan Bronco himself who just like dominate at that level of competition but you just don't quite aren't ready to draft him in the first round because mm-hmm. it is still a low level competition and you do. And have not seen it because he is only a junior. Didn't get to go to the senior
0: ball You mentioned a, a handful of really good things there, and I think the biggest one for me is that he's not small. He's not maybe as short as I mean, he's tall as you want him. He's five nine and and uh, five nine and five eight. It's pretty much five ten. But his arms are thirty one inches, which is huge yeah. for the receiver position in the NFL. His hands are over ten inches. That matters a ton. He's one hundred ninety five pounds. That matters a ton. I don't think calling him small would be unjust. In- I have the comp for him as Golden Tate. I think Golden Tate could stick on the outside despite being a shorter player, not small, mm-hmm. shorter player at the receiver position. Position. he's also really good at the catch create separation at the release point and at the stem like this is a receiver you should bet on you should bet on sky Moore. he's also a tough player like a physical player yeah. um i think teams will really like him i I'd honestly wouldn't be surprised if he goes in the first round yeah now there there is probably especially
1: you know, with the packers getting in the, another first round pick um and the chiefs being at the back end yeah. there like those are teams in need of wide
0: receivers now So back to my tiered list here. It's Garrett Wilson at four, my wife's here at four, then Traylon Burks at five, Sky Moore at six, and then Pickens at seven. We're flip-flopped on Burks and Pickens. I guess speak to what you see in Burks and and maybe a comparison you have for him and compare him to Pickens.
1: So I'll start with Pickens because I got him pulled up here. And the thing about Pickens that I kind of – I'll say underrated until I really saw all of his tape was just how good his ball skills were. And I talked about, he has the lowest drop rate of any of the wide receivers in his draft class, two drops his entire college career. And the thing you didn't really like get to see is because he only had 90 catches his entire college career. Like you really have to take it all in because he wasn't utilized. Obviously misses the majority of this year until the playoffs when he was quite obviously not healthy. missed a lot of missed time his sophomore year as well. Has had suspensions in the past. Like there's a lot of, it's not as much tape, and a lot of the tape you're seeing on him is of him as a younger dude. But he just turned 21, and man, the way he attacks the football is exactly what you want from an X receiver on the outside. Like he goes, and despite being 195 pounds only, and that's obviously at six foot three, it's a little bit skinnier. Yeah. it's still within good range. But the guy plays such a physical game, and has that almost Jamar Chase-esque ability, where Jamar Chase isn't the biggest dude, but is as strong as an ox and is physical and you're not getting the better of him and no corner was getting better of Pickens in terms of like that hip to hip leverage battle. He was out leveraging you consistently on the outside and just didn't have the sort of talent around him at the quarterback position to get him the ball consistently over the course of his career. So yeah, I think Pickens could have been tier one, would have been tier one if he plays a full healthy season this past year, just didn't have that.
0: Yeah. I think the stat is over 55% of his receptions. He, Earned in his true freshman season there at Georgia. You just haven't seen a lot. The, the the reps is something that concerns me a ton. I think some of the slight frame as well. The comp I have for him is Tyrell Williams, who I think had a lot of success early in his career. I think he was at like Western Colorado or one of those schools, but he was a phenomenal receiver for the Chargers Has fallen off due to injury of late. I don't think that's the that's not the reason I'm making that comparison, but it's more the type of player that he can be. I like Pickens a lot. I like Burks a lot. I still see Burks as. A little bit better than Pickens. I thought yeah. I'd flip flop them ultimately. I've comped him to LaVisca Chanel Jr. Plus. He is, in my opinion, Burks. Burks is what we thought LaVisca was going to be, yeah. right? Like LaVisca you we thought oh man he's so explosive he's rocked up he could do so much after the catch and I think he can learn the receiver position and I think he can win on the outside and he could run the route tree on the outside you never saw it at Colorado you know how many receptions uh LaVisca Chanel Jr. had true outside receiver 40 plus 20 plus yards downfield two Traylon Burks had 11 this past season because he won as an outside receiver in the SEC now some of those reps were against some low level competition that yeah did play in the SEC but still you saw more of it than you did see at LaVisca at Colorado so it was high as we were on LaVisca, I think we should be that high on Burks, because I do think that's the type of player... He's Going to be like what we thought LaVisca Chanel Jr. could be, which again, you can debate what value that is, but I think you play him in the slot. I talked to Sam Pittman, the head coach of uh for Arkansas, yesterday. He said that's his best role play him in the slot, and when you see an opportunity, impress, call a go. You know, he said to me, it's so many of those Mm -hmm. go balls who say if we saw cover zero, which we saw a lot of, we were throwing a go ball to Traylon Burks, and it's usually going to work you know 10 times out of 10. So I think, I think him playing in the slot, I think he's going to have success. Well,
1: I think the ultimate difference between those two is in terms of like projectable mm-hmm. to the NFL. And I still believe in LaVisca having a role uh, in the offense this upcoming year for the Jaguars. Jalen Burks has a bigger wingspan than even Drake London. Wow. Like when you're yeah. looking at targets over the middle of the field, the size wingspan aspect comes into play massively. Like he is a glor- he can be a tight end in your offense, honestly, truthfully, with like the size or usage wise in what he does because of that wingspan, because he's so reliable on, on balls outside his frame. I liked LaVisca's ball skills. I, I didn't think he would drop as many balls as he has so mm-hmm. far in the NFL, and a wow, lot that's probably a confidence uh, sort of thing that's been on his tape with Jaguars. But even still, I, I like Traylon Burks's ball skills better projecting to the league in terms of what he can do. I, I do think LaVisca's probably better after the catch but you're probably getting a more reliable over the middle of the field receiver in Traylon Burks.
0: So that's tier one, that's tier two. On to tier three. Before you give your tier three, I'll go ahead and read mine. My tier three is Jahan Dotson is the wide receiver eight in this class. I then have Alec Pierce, the University of Cincinnati receiver is my wide receiver nine, then Justin Ross, and then Jalen Tolbert. Pretty much all of the bigger receivers and Jahan Dotson that have legitimate ball skills. I think the reason Dotson is ahead of Pierce, Ross, and Tolbert is I'm buying into just his ability to attack the ball. Like he is a outstanding mm-hmm. ball catcher. I mean, out, you know, <laughs> <laughs> sounds like your mommy. Stop. I, I think that on tape, you don't see a lot of opportunities where he's in true one-on-one situations yeah. where you can see him like, s- you know, stick and separate and stuff. But working the slot against a lot of off-zone coverage and then also working on the outside against a lot of off-zone coverage, you saw a lot of success. I think Dotson is a player that I'm willing to bet on, not ahead of a lot of these other guys. Obviously, still down there at my wide receiver eight, but still the ball skills I'm going to bet on. I think he's good after the catch as well. I think he ultimately could outproduce where I have him ranked compared to some of these receivers. But I think Dotson to start is 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 my top receiver in this tier three.
1: See with. Dotson, there's just not a, there's not a great track record for there guys really isn't. with that. That's the thing. It's to me, he's Kendall Wright-ish, mm. where it's he's not dynamic enough to get by on his pure dynamism. Like he is, he he is a dynamic dude, but is not to the level of a Sky Moore, to the level of a Garrett Wilson. Like he's not. No. That. He's not fast enough. You to want get... him to be, though, right? When you're watching yeah. his
0: tape, don't you want him to be? Yeah. Because he's got this, like, kind of spectacular jump ability. I think he attacks the ball well. And, like, there's so many times yeah. where I'm like, man, he is dynamic. And then you compare him to a more, a, you know, Sky Moore of Western Michigan or Garrett Wilson. Yeah. You're right.
1: John Dotson, 15 broken tackles on 143 catches the past two years. That's not a good rate. Like, mm-hmm. 20% is a good rate for wide receivers. I've written an article about the threshold of guys who meet 20% that are drafted in the first three rounds versus guys who don't meet the 20% threshold in the first three rounds. And it's three times the hit rate in terms of 1,000 yard receivers for guys who break that 20% threshold. So you want to be a little bit more dynamic in terms of after catchability than Jahan Dotson has been, not quite fast enough to be a pure speed guy at 4'4'3, 4, 4, mm-hmm. coming out of the combine when it was a pumped up 4'4'3 4, 4 3 with everyone blazing at the combine. And then at 178 pounds, you're kind of just limited to the slot. Like he is not a physical specimen in terms of like the game he plays on the outside. So kind of tweener in a lot of ways. I still think he's very good. I still think he could be a reliable slot option, but it's what's his high end. Kendall Wright had 1,000-yard season Mm -hmm. over the course of his career after being a first-rounder i think that's kind of where i could see Jahan dotson
0: falling once he gets to the league so you have jalen tolbert as your top receiver yeah. in this tier three the south alabama receiver um don't talk about that tolbert
1: is interesting because not a guy recruited out of mo so he's from mobile Mm-hmm. not highly recruited obviously goes to South Alabama and then even at South Alabama goes from redshirt year to 60 yards as a redshirt freshman 520 yards as a redshirt sophomore it was his redshirt junior that he finally <laughs> breaks a thousand yards he finally breaks out and then this past year is basically his unguardable on tape like I don't know where his sort of physical development came or this what uh his you know, learning curve or developmental curve is like, it's a a rare one to have success at the NFL level, but he also has the size, the wingspan, the deep ability, the speed. Like he ticks a lot of the boxes that you do like to see when you get to the NFL level. And for my money, he was the most impressive receiver in the one-on-ones at the senior bowl. So a lot to like, I just wish he was a true junior coming out. If he was true junior coming out, we could talk about him as like a first rounder, but the age factor to me is still an issue. Um, Like I said, a lot to like, the speed, the size, the ball skills the downfield ability after the catch ability too but just is an older prospect coming out 23 years old
0: I mean, older prospect right and you mentioned the speeds and i think it's good speed but it's not elite speed yeah. right six foot one All kind of like
1: a, above average athlete in pretty much like every regard but not an elite athlete in any yeah
0: way. and so when you see an above average athlete but not an elite athlete obviously dominating the group of five level you question like uh-huh. you question like okay six foot six foot one 194 one five four ten yard split in a four four nine four yard dash. That's an above average athlete. That's in the sixtieth percentile. But are you going to see him against better competition? Obviously in the NFL, light it up. And at the Senior Bowl, I think there was reason to buy into that. And I think that's why he ultimately is like a third round type of player because he just wins. He just wins at South Alabama. He won uh, in the Senior Bowl. I- I- I'm not high on him in this tier two, but I-, I do have him in tier three.
1: He was a diced up one ninety four though. I will say. Mm-hmm. In terms of all the guys seeing him at up close at the Senior Bowl, he had probably the least body fat on him. That, that guy could have. Like He could have put on 10 more pounds and still not looked like fat by any means. So,
0: Two receivers that you have in your Tier 3 uh, left here is John Mechie, the Alabama wideout, and then Christian Watson, North Dakota State, who you are significantly lower on Watson than a lot of media yep. right now. I am too. I don't even have him in this tier. But Ooh. talk about Mechie and then Watson.
1: I think Mechie's kind of gotten slept on for – I mean, similar reasons to what I said about James Williams. Like When you tear your ACL, it's tough to go really go to bat for a guy because mm-hmm. you don't know what he's going to come back and be like but he is he's kind of the mold of the Alabama receivers that we've come to expect over the past handful of years Crafty as can be as a route runner I I thought he put on some good weight this past year at Alabama got stronger got featured more in like the screen game and you saw it and went from five broken tackles in 2020 as a sophomore to 20 broken tackles in 2021 as a junior so got featured in that more I I think he can play that role at the NFL level I just don't see speed On his tape, I I don't think he is a high end, like at 5'11", 195, which is what he was listed at at Alabama, you better have some downfield ability. I think he's more of like a 4'5 guy. Yeah. And and that's not awful, but I think that's going to make him struggle to be a a, a guy that you're going to trust as an X sort of outside wide receiver. So I still trust the route running ability, but he may be more of a slot at the next level.
0: Do you hate this comp? I kind of see this player though. Got okay. Thailand Wallace, the guy who recently came out of Oklahoma State, where like the tape was really good, crafty route runner. He's a good ball, you know, he catches. The I, ball I really. thought it was.
1: I didn't think Tylan Wallace was near the route runner that John Metchie.
0: Really, you think about. Metchie's yeah. a lot better? I yeah. kind of like the Wallace comp. Five for eleven, one eighty-seven. We haven't seen him test obviously. Also, only thirty and 5 inch inches arms. Anytime you get under the thirty-ones into the thirties, concerns there to consistently play outside receiver in the NFL. Let's talk Watson. Watson is in my tier four all by himself as the wide receiver 12 in this class you have him i think just above that in your tier three but christian watson the comparison i have for him is chris conley really good athlete really good size you turn on the north dakota state tape and it looks like a high school game Mm -hmm. like he is burning corners by he had created on multiple routes like 14 16 yards of separation And it's because these guys are so bad. He's going against terrible cornerbacks, right? Mm -hmm. And he's creating a lot of separation. He's winning down the football field. He's objectively the best athlete, at least the fastest player on the football field. His quarterback is also awful. Watch the North North Dakota State tape and tell me that quarterback's not bad. But North Dakota State tape is phenomenal, right? He's creating separation down the field. The worry I have immediately is the ball skills. Guy is not attacking the ball well. There's a route where he where he runs. I think it's like an eight to ten yard out, and like really brings the ball into the back of his. You know, catches it here rather than catching it out in front. It lets the receiver get a little bit more of a contested situation. And you go back to the Senior Bowl, right? Okay, what about when he went against better competition at the Senior Bowl? I think overall there wasn't a lot of top end corners at the Senior Bowl. And this, and if you go back and watch every route, and I watch every route he ran at the Senior Bowl, the cornerbacks he went up against weren't that good. Yeah. I mean, he was going against more small school corners yeah. and. <laughs> Really did, <laughs> that yeah. was
1: actually the funny part about it. It's like he comes from a small school to go there to then face other who guys. Was who was that are... corner he faced the that's most? Yes. So it was the
0: guy in the purple helmet from like yeah, yeah, yeah. a Wichita State or something, and he's dusting him because he's like five foot four. But I have not seen tape where Christian Watson won, is going against top flight corners, and I worry about his ball skills a ton. It's why I have the comparison to Chris Conley, a really good athlete, not great ball skills, and that's ultimately why Conley never really developed mm-hmm. above what yeah. you're kind of expecting of him as an athlete.
1: Yeah, and he's a very good athlete, but like not a polished route runner by any means. We're not Mm -hmm. talking about like he got by on the athleticism because the level of competition. He didn't have to like refine his routes. He didn't have to do anything over and above expected as a route runner. And so to put numbers to these ball skills that we're talking about (laughs) 13.3% career drop rate for his career, I just said career twice. But Mm -hmm. I think only Josh Johnson from Tulsa had a worse rate in this draft class and of like any guys who are real prospects and not just that, 12 of 40 in contested situations for his career. So not only bad, does that, that suggests like attacking the ball, he is not doing it correctly. 12 of 40 at his size against the competition he's playing against, 30% rate for his career, that should be like 50 to 60 at minimum for a guy six four, two 208. So those are concerning things. And those even showed up at the Senior Bowl when he did have to make contested catches. It, <laughs> did not look like the Traylon Burkses of the world, the George Pickens of the world, the Drake London's of the world. So that's why people are saying first round for this guy. I push back a little because there is a lot of development still to be had for Christian Watt. All
0: right, the other receivers that were in this tier for me but not in this tier for you, we'll probably talk about him later, were Alec Pierce I had him as my wide receiver nine. I comped him to DJ Chark. I think he's a really explosive player. The University of Cincinnati wide receiver. I think he's better than Watson. I think some people have Watson ahead of Pierce. I think Pierce is better. I worry a little bit about the route tree I, he did not run a lot of different routes in Cincinnati, but I will say he was alone. Like the Cincinnati receivers were bad outside of Alec Pierce, and he won a lot of contested catch situations way more than Christian Watson did. And the other receiver having this year is Justin Ross. I think Justin yeah. Ross is getting slept on a little bit. It's similar to Pickens in that we saw a lot of his best production. As a true freshman there for Clemson and it hasn't been there since due to injuries, but comp I have for him, Tim Patrick. I think he's a smooth route runner, attacks the ball well. I think he's just this guy that's good at everything. That I do think in that tier three, I, I like him as a as a round three, round four guy.
1: Okay. Let me talk about Alec Pierce. Okay. My tier. He's in my tier four. He's in my next tier. And he's very interesting to me because the athleticism, you know, he goes to the combine four four 40 inch vertical. 41-inch vertical, excuse me, 10-9 broad jump, like elite explosiveness, foot three, 211-pound receiver, 33-inch arms. Like, he looks prototype from a straight-line perspective. But then you go back and you, know, you kind of start to go back and look at the tape, and, and it shows up. that that Like, when he gets a step on dudes to stack them in a heartbeat, he does it. He can get on top of you if you let him. But I keep going back to he is at the University of Cincinnati playing Murray State, Miami of Ohio, UCF, Temple. He's, he's playing this low level of competition. And in 14 games, he had 873 yards with a first-round quarterback. If you are – like, if, if, and as a senior, mm-hmm. if, if you are that dude at that level of competition, you should be putting up 1,500. If you have that big of a physical advantage and, and the things that he struggles with, contact, resetting, re-like – Avoiding it in in the first place like getting guys to not get their hands on him And then once he is contacted actually playing through that contact and still maintaining his speed He really really struggled with and he is just not dynamic whatsoever when he tried to shake guys make guys miss It just it does not happen. So those are big worries to me And again, I think that shows just in the production if he was the guy who was capable of that had that had that ability to him at to any degree he would have gotten pump screens. He would have been the featured in that offense, but he wasn't. And to me, that's probably the most glaring indictment of him um, is just that eight hundred and seventy three yards in 14 games with the first round quarterback throwing it to him.
0: All righty. On to our. Should we move to the tier five now? The tier five of this is kind of where we're at. Well, mine was tier four. Oh, mine was tier four. But my tier five is Christian Watson by himself. I think. Guess we can get <laughs> we can get into tier tier to your tier four, which is.
1: Calvin Austin from Memphis. So where what wide receiver number are we at here? That's getting down to wide receiver 12. Mm-hmm. Calvin Austin from Memphis. 13 is Alec Pierce from Cincinnati. 14 is Justin Ross from Clemson. 15 is Romeo Dubs from Nevada. 16 is Kyle Phillips from UCLA. And then 17 is Khalil Shakir from Boise State. Calvin Austin is probably the most interesting receiver in this class to me because He's a, he's a freak, mm-hmm. athletically. His acceleration, once he gets the ball in his hands, is the best in this draft class. And he's the best pure gadget guy, but he is 5'8", 170. But unlike, so 4'3", so 2 at the combine, 11'3", broad jump, 407 shuttle, 39-inch vertical, all of it. All elite, as good an athlete as you'll see. At 5'8", 170. But unlike most 5'8", 170 guys, he spent 93% of his routes from the outside last year. 93 percent of his routes excuse me 90.5 percent of his routes he was not a slot guy he was not getting pumped these fake targets he had to win down the football field he had to win one-on-one a lot and went for still 1145 yards eight touchdowns a lot of explosive catches on tape but still seven of 25 in contested catches this year nine of 27 like he is not tyreek hill in terms of what he can do physically at the catch point he may look it in terms of what he is athletically he is he is a close replica of that elite athleticism. But the ball skills and the sort of the tacking nature that Tyreek Hill plays with, I don't quite see with Calvin Austin. So it's a difficult mold to be able to overcome at that size. But I do still think that he deserves a little bit more love in this draft class. And I could see him being like a second round sort of pick in this year because of that.
0: I, I have in my in my tier I guess five. This is John Metchie, wide receiver thirteen. We talked about him. I have Khalil Shakir, uh, the Boise State wide receiver. Actually, comp to Christian Kirk, and then Calvin Austin Jr. and then Bo Melton. We'll talk a little Bo Melton. I think Bo Melton's going to be one of my guys this year. I do like Bo Melton a lot, the Rutgers wideout. But for Calvin Austin, the comp I have for him is Jakeem Grant. Jakeem, mm-hmm. I mean, that's the type of that's the type of athletic yes. ability he has. Yeah, that's yeah. the type of size he has. And I think you're going to use him that way. You know, as much as he ran ninety percent of his routes on the outside at Memphis, I, I just don't see that happening in the NFL. Right? I think the comp- parable from a height perspective and where he could ultimately go should be closer to what we thought with Rondell Moore. Right, this is group of five. Rondell Moore. He has had that yeah. production there at Memphis. He has that athletic ability and the size is still a concern. That size is going to be so much of a concern that I do think it pushes him down as like the slot only tight in the NFL. But because he did have success on the outside for Memphis, maybe you do start to consider him as more than that. He is going to be someone that people bet on though because you just you don't find those type of athletes mm-hmm. regardless of how big he is. You just don't find those type of athletes. Say you know after day after day two that's for sure so uh how, how what's your what's your opinion of khalil shakir i had him as my wide receiver 14 okay shakir
1: uh, he has some serious drop issues on his tape has had them pretty consistently over 10 percent career drop rate for him but also makes some spectacular contested catches to me i'm not a massive fan because he is a slot only and while i like him as a route runner i don't think he is all that dynamic of an athlete um, so a slot only is not particularly dynamic as an athlete. To me, it's just like, and doesn't have a massive frame. Obviously, sub thirty inch arms, not a huge catch radius sort of guy. I just that's a limited player in my opinion. And so I have Kyle Phillips as the as the probably top like true slot receiver in this draft class. A guy who, you know, you're not re- ever going to really play on the outside. And I, that's how I feel about Shakir. Um, like Jahan Dotson, I, I think you could get by with him on the outside, but like Kyle Phillips isn't going to play anywhere else but the slot, the UCLA wide receiver. But I think he can do it very, very well. 6.753 comb, 4.09 short shuttle. Those are the numbers you want to see for a guy who's going to survive there. Very gifted route runner. And to me, just a little bit more reliable a receiver over the course of his career and, and similar sort of route running chops to a Khalil Shakir.
0: I don't have Kyle Phillips in this tier. I actually have him a little bit lower. I'm not as high on, on Kyle Phillips. He's the guy
1: who had the touchdown against Stingley this year, Kyle Phillips did.
0: Oh, wow. That okay. was the Stingley... He also was talking a lot. Was he at the Senior Bowl? He was or... at Shrine Bowl. He was talking a lot of smack at Shrine Bowl. That guy's a chirper for sure. Yeah. So f- going out of my tier here of Mechie, Shakir, Austin, Mel- Melton, the finish with Melton, I think Bo Melton is getting slept on. Former four star recruit legitimate athlete, four, three speed yeah. from Jersey, had offers to go to bigger schools than Rutgers, Right, had offers to Michigan and other bigger schools. He decides to stay in Jersey, go to Rutgers. He's going to be on tomorrow's podcast. I interviewed him after I ranked him as wide receiver 16. Cop I have for him is Eddie Royal. I think he can play in the slot and have a ton of success. He told me teams see him as this slot type that can offer speed. And I also think he has more polish to his game than some of the other receivers in this class. That's for damn sure. So, Bull Melton, I think, is going to be one of my guys that on day three I think you're investing in a slot receiver that can have legitimate production early on.
1: Yeah, so I i I put him in put him in tier five we'll get to that in a little bit what exactly all goes on in that tier but i i think i love the athlete you see the acceleration on his tape i do just the thing about him was on tape i saw i want to say a more raw guy but like a guy who still was like figuring it out as a route runner and then he goes to senior bowl and looked very different yeah that almost the who's the Baylor wide receiver Denzel Mims ish sort of difference between his tape at Baylor and then his tape at the senior bowl when he kind of got to freestyle a little bit more and get after in that regard so I I go back and forth and because of that he makes my tier five but I can see being high in him because the athleticism is certainly there for a guy like Bo Melton.
0: on to my I think now tier six which is interesting I, I put David Bell and Romeo Dubs in the same tier Comps for both, Tandon Doss for David Bell, and then Richard Higgins for Romeo Dubs. I, David Bell, the athlete, is not great. And are you going to play him with slot because he can't really create on the separate? Like, that's why I see the Doss comparison. He's a bigger bide receiver that's slow and unathletic that has good ball skills. Like, he can attack the ball. Good ball skills in contested catch situations, but you're still not, like, raving about this guy like you are Dotson's ball skills, who I think has some of the best ball skills in this class. And as for Dubs, I just didn't see an elite anything. Right? And I think he did create separation there at Nevada. I thought he had some success, but like going back to the Senior Bowl looked way slower than you want to see a receiver look. Couldn't struggle to create separation on the outside, even where Watson was. So I, I I don't love either of those receivers. I see them better than some of the other types I have below. I'll, I'll kind of finish out my rankings here. Wandell Robinson, the really short short armed uh, Kentucky wideout. Then I have Kyle Phillips, like you said, the UCLA receiver. Josh Johnson of Tulsa. Kevin Austin, Jr. Notre Dame. And then to close us out, Javon Healy is I think could get further down our list, the Coastal Carolina receiver if i watch some more receivers but that is kind of the roundup i have on my list i guess start with the dubs, two i mentioned yeah. david bell romeo dubs
1: yeah so i'll talk about those and i'll throw in justin ross into that mix too because i think they all have athleticism concerns bell is just to me below the threshold of like athlete that you want i just don't yeah i just don't think he'll i don't care how crafty you are and how physical you are ball skills whatever like He's just not. He moves. He just doesn't have the juice. He yeah. doesn't have the juice, in my opinion, to go to the NFL level and still be able to produce anywhere close to the level he did in college. And now, he is a young guy, junior coming out, 21 years old, but four, six, five, 40, 33 inch vertical, nine ten broad jump, four five seven shuttle, seven one four three cone. None of those numbers above the 27th percentile. For a wide receiver. And it's not like he's 6'5, 225. He is 6'1, 212. So great production, but the tape just, it never showed that. It never yeah. showed any sort of athlete. So Justin Ross, he's in a similar boat of not that athletic, but he is six 6'4, 205. And probably after, you know, missing the sort of time he did, the developmental time with that neck injury probably can still get bigger has the frame to get up to like 215 220 and be that sort of power forward at that position that can get by if you're not an athlete but his testing similarly concerning four six four forty, a 1 7, 6, 10 split which is the worst we've ever seen actually for a wide receiver 9 8 broad jump 32 inch vertical those are kind of yikes numbers um, but i still think he actually got off the line a little bit better than david bell did and then Romeo Dubs, he actually hasn't tested pre draft. On tape, he has more juice than the other two guys. Like, he's separated down the football field better. But I the, I will agree, the Senior Bowl was concerning. Now, some of it did come after. I think he actually what, did get hurt early on in the Senior Bowl, and that's why he has not tested, played through it that week of practice, has not tested since because of an injury. But 6'2, 201, I think he gets off the line really well for a guy on the taller side for a wide receiver, has a big catch radius. But again, level of competition was weak. He was beating up bad guys and then goes to the Super Bowl and doesn't quite look the same. So those were all concerning numbers for me, but I still keep him in the tier four, somewhere outside the top 100, just outside the top 100, going to end up on the PFF draft board because I still think on tape was fairly solid.
0: What do you make of Kevin Austin Jr.? Okay, let me, yeah, let me get to my tier
1: five. So okay. the tier five, I called it the flawed tier of. These guys have something to offer. That's where David Bell ending, ended up because I really like David Bell's ball skills, really like him after the catch, but he's flawed in that he's not a good athlete. Kevin Austin's kind of the complete opposite of David Bell in that his tape is very mad. Like, nothing to get excited about, really, whatsoever. Like, no, there's no I like, I double Trump checked card on his
0: tape. that we had. So, we, I was watching the cut-up of Kevin Austin, knowing that he's this athlete, and I double checked that I was watching the right guy because you don't, you don't yes. see any of that explosiveness yes. or any of that. Wow, power! I don't even know what that is. Wow, power! Wow. But I got it. I, I I don't. I just don't see it on his tape. Yeah, I mean, he
1: tested out similarly in terms of like explosive testing to Alec Pierce, and doesn't look anything like that. You never saw him stack guys on tape, like get offline of scrimmage and then really just get on top of them and run away. Never, despite going four four, three at two hundred pounds at the combine. So that's all very odd to me. So he's in the flawed tier. Wandale Robinson from Kentucky's in the flawed tier because shortest arm just tiny tiny catch radius for a guy that that matters once you get to the NFL you're going to have to make plays outside your frame I struggle to see him as much more than ever being a gadget player I threw Taequann Thornton the fastest man at the combine the Baylor wide receiver into this tier because my lord in a straight line insane but he couldn't even be productive down the football field at Baylor you know he wasn't even putting yeah. up deep numbers at Baylor small hands but he's 6'2 with 33 inch arms, but he's also 181 pounds, like a weird frame, 4'2'8'40, 10'10 broad jump, 37 inch vertical. But then he goes 7'2'5'3 cone, a 4'3'9 shuttle. Like the dude can't turn to save his life. So he is a pure straight line guy, similar kind of projection wise to what you're hoping is like an Anthony Schwartz coming out last year out of Auburn. That you're just praying that that's you're just using him as a pure speed guy and don't think he'll ever be too much more than that. I threw Bo Melton into this tier for previous reasons previously stated, and I also threw Josh Johnson into this tier, the Tulsa wide receiver who I love his ability to get it open, but he runs 4.62. I think his shake and the ability to make you miss, he had a play against Ohio State that was one of the most insane reps. I can't remember the exact defender, but the defender is about a foot from him at a standstill and doesn't even touch him. They're both at a standstill and does not even touch Josh Johnson. It was an insane rep. He has the movement skills that like you cannot coach, but he is another guy with disastrous hands, and not just not just thirteen percent drop rate for his career, which is pretty rough. But every catch he does make is hitting his chest, is a body catch yeah. every single time, which is only going to lead to more drops at the NFL level when guys are throwing rockets into you. So very much worry about I, his. I ball feel like skills. you'd
0: like my comp. This is a deep cut. My comp for Josh Johnson is someone I really liked coming out of Florida State. I, yeah. thought, I just loved how he could get open. He was a consistent producer for them. Rashad Green Sr. Ran really slow, was really small. I don't know if you watched Rashad Green coming out, but he, he, I think he got drafted by the Jags at some point um, and never really panned out in the NFL. But like Did his, not watch. his tape was awesome. And he like consistently created separation, but he was a skinny dude and didn't run fast. And, and honestly, I think you saw that show <laughs> in the NFL.
1: And then that's, that's kind of it in terms of we got the Mets here that I would throw Eric Uzakama from uh, Texas Tech, Makai Polk from Mississippi State, Javon Hiley from Coast Carolina, Reggie Roberson from SMU, Velas Jones from Tennessee who's 27 years old, Charleston Rambo from Miami, Jalen Naylor from Michigan State who we talked about, and then Danny Gray from SMU as well. So those are your tiers. That's how I would stack it up. Should we do some superlatives for draft class? Let's get for to this the class?
0: superlatives. Best deep threat, route runner, releases after the catch at the catch point hands athlete slot and gadget player
1: let's do it best deep threat no real Eh, I guess there probably could be a debate here but Jameson Williams went healthy it wasn't close it It really wasn't close best route runner to me is Chris Olave my guy your guy I do think he is probably the best route runner I, I would consider some other names for this but Olave, four years' pedigree, and even as a sophomore when he first really broke on the scene, he was a very talented route runner. So, him, best releases. This one, I wasn't sure exactly where to go. Ooh, but the guy said, Sky I like Moore it. From, I like it. from Western Michigan, he never got got. Like, if, if you never get got, and now it is Western Michigan tape still, it's hard for me to really say anyone else because pretty much everyone else, even like some of the top end guys in this class, would get got at some point. And now he didn't face, you know, he didn't face, uh, Sauce Gardner. He, he didn't face the top end corner, so still holding off on that. But you watch his cut-ups, and then, I'm not sure there's a lot of people that would be jamming him. So he's that best release – or excuse me, that was best releases, best after the catch. I want Calvin Austin from Memphis.
0: I, I push back a little bit there. I think Calvin okay. Austin's phenomenal after the catch. I think the other guys that we should bring up here, though, are Jamison Williams and, and Traylon Burks. I think both yeah. those guys are phenomenal after the catch, too. Burks is, I think, going to be used so much – near the line of scrimmage in mm-hmm. the nfl because of what he can do after the catch and the explosiveness and the tackle breaking ability and with williams i mean he has similar yak production as rugs did coming out And i remember rugs people raved about what he could do after the catch and what he could do if you use him at that short and intermediate level i think austin's great too but i think honorable mentions that the least should be williams and burks
1: yes uh, williams burks uh garrett wilson sky Moore, all tremendous after the catch all, all kind of like different in the way they win too after the catch even like drake london is very good after the catch in like the way he wins physically so there's a lot of guys who are good i went calvin austin because i think he can actually one break tackles as well as really hit home runs like you get him with the crease and he is like i said right up there with the fast receivers in this draft class so hotly debated that one but i went calvin austin best at the catch point this being like contested catches playing through physicality that sort of thing I went Drake London and then I kind of hedged by saying best hands is George Pickens. Mm-hmm. And we said why George Pickens lowest drop rate love his hands he there was a if you've not seen the one-handed catch he made in practice have you seen that one? I have seen it out of this world. There's yeah.
0: a, so many sideline catches specifically yeah. and I wonder if we could add a superlative of a best like Sideline catcher. His yeah. sideline catches are insane. He yeah. is really good at keeping his feet in bounds. There's so many times where even if he's like just missing his feet in bounds, he makes a lot of really impressive snags. He, I, I like him for best hands.
1: Yeah. The more I really like watched his ball skills, the more I'm like, you know what? This guy could end up a first round pick. Mm-hmm. It is pretty insane. So he is the best hands, freakiest athlete. This one was just pure testing. Christian Watson was an all time athlete for the wide receiver. Position. It was
0: an all time combine.
1: All time combine. You know, 11 four broad jump was it? Um four three seven forty. Um uh, he is a freak of nature at six foot four. And that's why, you know, you're getting first round sort of hype for him. Best slot, Ray said this, it's Kyle Phillips, um, of UCLA. I just think he is very crafty, he has that slot feel that you want at that position. And he may never be more it's not gonna ever be more than that, I don't think. And I don't think you're gonna expect more than that, but if you if that's a role in your offense. <laughs> Patriots, Um, (laughs) Josh McDaniel. Yeah. But that's something that they'll covet. Best gadget player. I went back to Calvin Austin for this because – there's not a lot of gadget. This isn't a gadgety class like last year's was, but he's probably the best in this.
0: I agree. I think. I agree. I think best slot. I think there will be a handful of that compete for that. Right. I think a lot of the gates. I mean, depends on where you use Drake London and and Traylon Burks. Right. If you see these guys moving in the slot at a high yeah. level, I think those guys could ultimately be the best slot. But it's it's an interesting receiver class. I'm, I'm excited to see how it all pans out, but also really adamant that I don't think it is chock full of future wide receiver ones i think it's a lot of guys that can stick it out as wide receiver twos or second options and in an offense i think that's going to do it man i don't think we have time for the delete the tweet generational prospect bracket, or Do you want to try and squeeze it in let's,
1: let's squeeze it in we right, get, delete I delete the tweet
0: through. i purposely did not include a tweet on this because on monday it was not great i did not yeah, or tuesday, you kinda tuesday got i, I kind of got got, got I, I put myself on a, in a body bag a little bit i think okay. we have to slow down and then delete yeah. your tweets what is this one
1: okay so this was because we're doing the cornerbacks in the generational prospect bracket. So I went with cornerback take that has not aged great. And I even kind of said it though. I said, don't want to overreact to preseason. But Josh Jackson and Jair Alexander look like home runs so far. Mm. 2018, August 25th. 645 likes. Got the people going. And then Josh Jackson might be out of the NFL here soon.
0: Josh Jackson, I was doing some research today on Derek Stingley because his pro day was today and people are reacting to that. But he has the single highest – Graded season of any Power Five cornerback in the history of PFF college. He had ball production
1: that year. Yeah. Days. What is that, like nineteen pass breakups, like seven picks or something. That's so year.
0: much of what those production grades are, right? Yeah. It's getting your hands on the ball and all that stuff. I think Kobe Bryant graded better than Ahmad Gardner for that reason this past year because of that ball production. But uh on to cornerback generational prospects. Generational prospects cornerback position. Okay. So, go ahead.
1: So we've done this. We actually skipped one week, but we do this every week where we. Go through the top-ranked cornerback from every year that we're doing this. Eight years have been great in college football, protecting the NFL, and pit them against each other to reign the generational prospect of the PFF era. Cornerback position, first year, we didn't have anyone really high in the mock draft we did. We said we didn't have a bracket the first year, a board the first year. Jalen Collins, LSU, the guy who got suspended for steroids, I believe, Mm out of the NFL already, was 27th. He had some weird off-field issues, though. He was 27th on that mock draft jalen ramsey the next year 2016 was a third ranked player on our board marshawn Lattimore, 2017 the fourth ranked player on our draft board josh jackson r.i.p uh, maybe i probably shouldn't say that but was the eighth ranked player on <laughs> the draft board in 2018. byron murphy sixth ranked player in 2019. i love byron murphy still good out. he was good last year he yeah. had a good year jeffrey okuda was the fourth ranked player in 2020 Hopefully his Achilles is back healthy this year because he was actually looking good prior to that. Patrick Sertan, 13th-ranked player in 2021. And then Derek Stingley Jr., the third-ranked player after his pro day today when he went 4-4 with his weird-ass inch vertical and 10-2 broad jump. We didn't jump talk day. about did that on like the catch early
0: buzz, but his vertical... I, so he looked like he was just going through the motions with his, with his broad jump and his 40, but his vertical... Go back and watch that video of him doing his vertical. He doesn't do any wind-up, really. He just...
1: Kind of jumps. Bunnies up. You just like stand there and it's just like all of a sudden he goes.
0: (laughs) And he goes thirty eight inches. Yeah. (laughs) that's it looks like he's flying yeah it doesn't make sense yeah. he, he looks effortless, it was, an effortless he it was an effortless 38 inches it was insane
1: interesting athlete for sure
0: but all right so collins versus stingley we're leaning stingley obviously Ditter. that's not even a question jalen ramsey versus sertan in round one could this get no. sertan Dude, off already the
1: right side of the bracket so we're looking at it here you guys can't see it but the right side of the bracket is jalen ramsey patcher tan marshall Lattimore, and jeffrey akuta just from how the year sh- shook out to where that's a murderous row that is, but to me, it's got to be Jalen Ramsey.
0: Really, Sertan was awesome, though. But I, I, Sh- I, it sucks awesome. to see Sertan go out in round one.
1: Jalen Ramsey was versatile already in college. Mm-hmm. Like he played outside one year, I believe his last year. He ended up playing the slot, or was it the year prior to his last year? But he had he had already played multiple positions, graded out exceedingly well at all of them. True junior coming out, elite athlete testing wise, had just shown a bunch on tape at Florida State to where. You know, it was a sophomore. He played slot. Goes So, we went, okay, he started at safety, then the slot, then the corner, graded out elite at every single one of them. And that's where we were like, all right, this guy is a monster. And, well, he has been. So, Jalen Ramsey, I, I think, takes that one.
0: I don't get – I will be really, really surprised if Akuda doesn't pan out, man. Yeah, me I too. i really, really surprised. I know we're going to talk more about kuda but Ramsey, I, I think that's yeah. fair. I think Sertan, though, Sertan versus – Jalen Collins would have won that first round matchup. Yeah, oh, he would have run so a, yeah, a lot of matchups. So now, next one is Akuda versus Lattimore. Akuda versus Lattimore is a tough one because Lattimore was a one year wonder. He
1: came out um, in twenty was that twenty seventeen with fewer than thousand snaps to his name. He had not played a ton of football, and even his last year, six hundred seventy eight career snaps, only one year as a starter. But that year, the lone year as a starter, he allowed two hundred twenty six yards. Forty targets, 18 catches he allowed in this final year of college. And on those 40 targets, he had nine pass breakups and four interceptions. Insane ball production. I was like, it runs a four three six at six foot one ninety. It, it just like I don't know how the guy didn't see the field until he did, but he was so damn good that last year. That I was just could excuse away any sort of, you know, needing to see guys for a longer period of time. I think he was more dominant as Peak than Okuda, so I lean Lattimore, but I could see going Okuda too for the multiple years of production.
0: I, I'd probably lean Akuda, even yeah. though I think it'd be I think it'd be revisionist to say, say Lattimore, because I think Akuda, we were so high on Akuda. Then you go back, I was looking up his So they were both
1: fourth on our draft board, mm-hmm. I will say. So we were they were both right up there.
0: I think part of it too is I wasn't really here for the Lattimore year. Okay. So I wasn't really like, you know, grinding it. But go back to Okuda's Measurables. Yeah.
1: You had the biggest wingspan, Dude, biggest hands. It was
0: six 6'1", 205, with 32 and five eighth inch arms and 78, 5-8 wingspan. Like, built in a legitimate lab to play the position. Yeah. Great production in a man-heavy scheme. I I, I think we lean a Kuda here. All right.
1: I'm going to Kuda. Last first-round matchup, we got Josh Jackson versus Byron Murphy.
0: Oh, wow. I, I was never that high on Jackson. I know you were. I was higher on Murphy and, uh, than I would be on Jackson. I was actually
1: higher on Denzel Ward that year. Josh Jackson, Sam Monson was pumping the Josh Jackson train. Uh oh. So you're blaming Sam for Josh Jackson? I am actually, but I mean, I still love Josh Jackson. Don't get me wrong. I'm not like skewing, skewing. I always fuck that word up. Responsibility here altogether, but I would have gone Denzel Ward in that year. So you're leaning Murphy? I'm leaning Byron Murphy, but I can. Murphy was sixth on the draft board. Josh Jackson was eighth, so the draft board would say Byron Murphy. Murphy. So we're gonna go lean Byron Murphy here. Next matchup is Stingley, Derek Stingley versus Byron Murphy. We don't even have to debate that one. Yeah, Derek Stingley, and then Jalen Ramsey versus Jeffrey Okuda. Ramsey, it's a debate, but I don't think it's that much of a debate. Jalen Ramsey. Now this one's the one where I could see Derek Stingley, like he could have been a better prospect than Jalen yeah. Ramsey. Yeah, I don't think, it's I don't a com- think, I don't think be, it's a competition now. I don't think you. I think you'd be out of your mind to take any other prospect though, even if you're higher on Sauce Gardner, who was excellent all three years over jalen ramsey as a prospect I, I still still to this day cannot believe ezekiel elliott went ahead of jalen ramsey in that year's draft i can't either all time like even at the time i said the cowboys have to be running in the car i tweeted they have to be running in the car for ramsey right then after they did
0: i said the jaguars have to run the car for ramsey right jaguars did it do you think the Cowboys having now paid Ezekiel 8 as much as they have would rather have had Ramsey or Zeke? It's a good question, right? And what do you think?
1: Well, that's up for debate. I mean, Zeke was up there. Did he make the finals of the running back uh,
0: prospect bracket? I, I don't think I think he might. No.
1: He lost uh, he lost to Dalvin Cook in the Fair. second round. So we're gonna we're gonna lean Jalen Ramsey as your generational cornerback prospect.
0: You love to see it. I love that exercise. It has been fun. Until next time tomorrow, we got Bo Melton join the show. That's gonna be pretty sweet. And I think we go on to offensive of line. Offensive line rankings is where we got to hit that mark. Yes, yes. Let's go offensive line rankings when we go tomorrow. Thanks for everyone. Appreciate you tuning in. Make sure you rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast as we continue to press forward. Here, Austin Gale, Mike Renner, Tailgate.